Hello and welcome to Legally Speaking, a podcast series that aims to make the law and legal issues that affect your everyday life more accessible, maybe a little less scary. As this series is brought to you by Ison Harrison Solicitors, the Yorkshire law firm, I'll be joined by Richard Coulthard, partner and head of corporate law for Ison Harrison. Welcome back, Richard. Morning. So, even with restrictions lifting, we're all still living in uncertain times, especially in the business community. So in this episode, we'll be discussing the whys and wherefores of buying or selling a business. Richard, where would I even start if I wanted or needed to sell my business? I think the starting point obviously depends on the nature and and complexity of the business and the value of the business. Um, But a good starting point is always to speak to your professional advisors, so so your accountant, tax advisor, um, your lawyer to start the planning, the process for for selling your your business and identifying who a possible buyer may be. Um, Are you going to sell to a management team? Uh, Is there a known competitor who who might have been looking at buying your business for a number of years? Or or do you need to be speaking to a business broker? Uh, Business brokers are a bit like estate agents for businesses. They will list businesses on a number of portals and, and, and publications and try and find a, uh, a buyer for you. Um, so I think the starting point is really to understand what it is that you want to achieve out of a sale. Have you got a figure in mind? Is your business of a value where you're going to achieve that realistically? Uh, and then taking the process from there by speaking to your advisors and getting the right advice um, so that your business is presented in the best possible way to maximise the value of any sale. So on that basis, you said earlier, start as early or certainly the thought process as you can what would be an ideal length of time to to start that process yeah so again it does depend on the nature of the business obviously if you've got a smaller business it's going to be a much more simple process to to sell your business but talking in general terms and for most sort of SME businesses you really want to start thinking about it about three to five years in advance of when you are looking to sell and that's not to say that you're going to be actively marketing the business or anything like that, but there are processes and, and points that you need to really be thinking about within your business to make sure that you're getting the best value. Um, so, for instance, have you got a strong management team? Have you sorted out all of those issues and all those fundamentals in the business? Have you got employment contracts? Have you sorted out any disputes that you might have with employees? What's your client base like? Businesses that have uh, a strong client base signed up to to longer term contracts where possible are going to achieve a better value than those businesses that are heavily reliant upon the business owner. The business owner has all of the client communications, all of the client contacts. Those type of businesses where, where everything is really reliant upon the owner tend to sell for less because there's a real risk to any buyer that when the owner has left the business, um, is there still going to be a business there to take over? You know, are, are clients going to leave? So there are processes that you can engage in much earlier than any potential sale in order to maximise the value that you ultimately end up achieving from any sale. Talking about price, on the surface at least, it would seem something that's quite subjective. How are businesses valued to get the right maximum that you're looking for for a sale? Professionals will give you a, a range of options as to how a, a business is, is valued. Um, in simple terms, of course, a business is worth what someone's going to pay for it. But there are a number of factors that come into play when uh, when a business is valued. So if you've got a, a service-based a, a, based business for instance where there might not be much in the way of physical assets um, it tends to be based on a, a multiple of what we call EBITDA which is earnings before interest taxation and amortization 
in simple terms, it's your net profit before you adjustments for tax and, and other accounting adjustments. Uh, and then there's normally industry indicators as to how much of a multiple you will get on that. And uh, so, and if you think about it, a multiple of of your your net profit um, is really how long is it going to take a buyer in years to pay off buying that business and and multiples can range from you know maybe one to two times EBITDA up to you know seven eight nine times EBITDA um, depending on the business so for instance if, if a business has got some really valuable technology or a patent or something like that that can't easily be replicated uh, and they've got exclusive rights on that that's probably going to get a higher multiple because there's no one that can come into the market to compete with that other factors that affect value, of course, is is, it, is there any freehold property or have you got any long leases? You know, that would have some value in its own right. Is there a large amount of stock and, and or, or machinery plant? Again, what is there a base asset value in the business that, that uh, will increase the overall value? So it does depend on the nature of the business, um, you know, and, and whether you're a business that, you know, is maybe a manufacturing business that might have a lot of physical machinery, which has value in itself. Um, or a high value of stock, or is it maybe more of a service-based industry where the value is maybe in, in the goodwill, in, in the brand, for instance. So there are a lot of factors that come into play. Um, but on the one hand, you've, you've got the assets, you've got the positives. You obviously don't have to take off any negatives, you know, are there any liabilities, any finance, any charges against any property or, or the business. Uh, and, and so there's not necessarily a hard and fast rule. There are a number of factors that come into play, however. Uh, thank you, that's quite... A comprehensive overview of, of both process and pricing. Mm. Now to the sticky bit, what are the most common kind of problems people find when they, they attempt to sell or go through the process of selling their business? In terms of the process, what, what you'll tend to find is you'll, you'll have a buyer who will get an overview of the business. They'll probably look at some accounts information and, and, and things like that, maybe come and visit physical premises, and they'll make an offer. Uh, and that then results into heads of terms, which are not, are not binding, um, but it's kind of an outline of what the agreement is. The parties will then engage on a, a much more detailed due diligence process where they're going to really pick the bones out of your, your business they're going to they're going to look at everything in detail employees property finance things like that and that's where deals can fall apart because there can be skeletons in the closet there can be things that uh, people maybe haven't disclosed or haven't foreseen in in that and so the the, the more you can minimize those issues the less likely a deal is going to fall apart. Some of the outstanding uh, issues that that we see in, uh, in businesses is they've got uh, debt or finance commitments, which are maybe can't easily be got out of, or there might be personal guarantees. Uh, higher purchase vehicles that sometimes causes a bit of a complication because you know a, a seller might want to keep that vehicle. Essentially, it's a personal vehicle, but it might have a business-related finance issue which needs to be sorted out. Properties another area that we we do see complications where there might be landlords who maybe doesn't want a new tenant, for instance, or there might be difficult about assignments of any leases, or there might be disputes with the landlord. There might be outstanding rent or service charges or something like that that needs to be taken into it into account. If your business is in a sector which is subject to uh, regulation, for instance, if it's you know CQC, so it's the Care Quality Commission or, or FCA. 
that can have a real issue in in terms of buyers if you've had any historic regulatory issues or, or you know for instance if you you registered by the CQC they do inspections and you know if if your business has come back with a requires improvement or, or lower you you're in real difficulties finding buyers um, uh, because there's finance complications and things like that so it's about minimizing these issues and I think a, a good um, rule for a seller is, is to to look at the business objective and go well, would I buy this business if if I was a buyer. Am I going to? Is there something there that's going to put me off? Take advice on it. Um, you know, lawyers such as ourselves, we can point out where we think buyers might have issues um, in your business. When it comes to buying, what would you identify or qualities of a good buy, regardless of what sector it's in? Um, as a buyer, um, particularly um, you know, post COVID, for instance. Um, you want to have uh, you want to be looking at businesses that have a, a good balance sheet. They've had, they've had a positive trend um, in terms of where they're going. Um, businesses that have been sold with a good strong business plan. Actually, what's your forecast? Have you got a good pipeline of business going forward? Have you got good contracts in place, or, or is there a potential new marketplace that might have arisen because of COVID or, or any other reason? You know, maybe for instance, you know, a business is, is previously been reliant on on footfall, uh, and that might have drawn away. But actually, um, they've had really good online sales for a period of time, and actually, when footfall comes back, that might increase the overall value of the business. It's looking at the trends within uh, within the business and understanding where that fits in with a buyer's personal perspective. So, you know, is it a bolt onto an existing business that they've got? Is that additional service or product line going to um, amplify their, you know, with their existing client base? Or, or might be someone that's new to owning a business, but they might have a particular skill set that they think can enhance that that business. So it, it, it is based on individual circumstances, but there are certain key underlying factors that any buyer needs to be wary about. And that tends to be accounts information. Is that strong? Is there any you know, holes in that, for instance? Employees, have you got a good employee, um, you know, particularly sort of middle management team for larger businesses? Um, or are you going to potentially face risks of you know, redundancies of staff walking out. You know, these are factors that need to be thought about in advance. Uh, and, you know, what's the business structure as well? Is the seller going to stay on for a period of time? Is there going to be a handover period? What does that look like? All factors to consider, but can, can be positives in the right circumstances. And I assume seeking professional advice, something you could potentially offer is just help provide an objective viewpoint on that for anybody that was interested. Uh, absolutely. So, so you know, when you're going through a sale or, or a purchase you need to have strong support from 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 your lawyers and an accountant um, as, a, as a minimum because we'll give you a viewpoint on potential issues so, so lawyers we will you know we'll give you a viewpoint on legally where there might be issues in that business why you might want to seek some indemnities for instance if there is a problem um, and your accountant will give a, a give a view on the numbers. You know, does, does the numbers stack up? You know, is is this a business that is going to be profitable going forward? Or, or if it's not, where can savings potentially be made to 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 make it profitable? Um, so you know, get get advice from trusted professionals. It, it is invaluable. Um, buyers will have their own viewpoint, and they, they you know practically they may have their own ideas as to how the business can be improved or or, or, or what have you. But you don't know what you don't know, and and other people can give you a separate view or point from an objective standpoint which which might be valuable there's a myriad of different ways for this but as a quick kind of overview moving from 
is it profitable? Is it worthwhile? How are you then going to fund that purchase? So there's lots of ways of, of funding um, purchase, and that that's changed a little bit over time as well. So if someone's got cash, um, either in a current business or, or from some other inheritance redundancy, something like that, obviously they've got that available if, if they want to use that. Finance is an option. Less so maybe with some of your mainstream lenders, and um, particularly at the moment, um, you know, a lot of you know, the, the high street banks have have spent a lot of money on uh, sibils and bounce back loans and things like that. They, they may have less appetite for 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 business purchases, but there is still a funding market there um, available. But it might not be with lenders that you've maybe commonly heard of. But it's something that is increasingly common um, and is is for payments to be deferred, um, so that you don't pay everything on day one on completion. There is a a period of time which may run into years where payments are made. Um, towards the the buyout of an outgoing uh, outgoing seller, indeed, sometimes the purchase price is linked to the performance of a business. If the seller said to you at the point of completion, "This is our forecast for what we're going to bring in over the next twelve months," well, actually, have they achieved that? And if they haven't achieved that, should the price be reduced uh, accordingly? Uh, there's also what we call sort of leverage buyouts, which is a bit of a more complicated structure, but essentially the business borrows the money or using the assets within the business. So if there are if there's plant and machinery or physical property, you can potentially borrow against that and through a structure essentially hive off that money to then buy out the um the seller and, and you've seen some high profile uh, deals being structured of that way and you know in terms of football clubs and, and and the like um you know we we do see that so there are lots of different funding models um you know even things like you know crowdfunding and things like that um it is a case of getting the right model for you bearing in mind ultimately what are you repaying what's any interest what's the risk what security do they want it, you know you have to get the right model that fits your circumstances so having taken that view worked through the process looked at whether it's right for us with with the advice of professionals like yourself just in case something goes wrong what protection is available to me as a buyer so within a sale contract you're going to ask um the seller to 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 provide what we call warranties and probably also indemnities so so to explain a warranty a warranty is a contractual promise made by one party to another in this case a seller to a buyer that certain information certain aspects of the business are are accurate so you might give a warranty for instance that there's no outstanding disciplinaries or grievances from an employee uh you might give a warranty that there's no disputes connected to the business um you'll give a warranty that the accounts information is accurate um you'll uh, you'll there'll be a warranty that there's no outstanding insurance claims there's, there's a long list i mean these go on for pages and pages but the point being is if any of those statements are untrue then you would have a claim against the seller for breach of warranty and you have a claim in damages for that and if any of the payments are deferred, so if you've still got consideration to pay over a period of time, you would offset those breaches against those payments. You also tend to ask for indemnities. So if you know there's a particular problem, um, let's say, for instance, you know there is a claim being made by an employee against the business in the employment tribunal. Uh, it might be for unfair dismissal, it might be for holiday pay or something like that. Within the sales contract, you're going to ask for a, an absolute indemnity that the seller will pay all of the costs associated with that claim and any damages and things like that. It arises 
before completion, it's still the seller's liability. But if you know there are possible issues, um, I don't know, data protection or, or, or a landlord issue or something like that, you're going to want a, a, an ironclad indemnity that the seller has to uh, pay that out. And you may also want to build into the contract um, uh, a ret- what we call a retention. So an element of the, the uh, sale price is, is held back to cover the anticipated costs of that. Um, so there are a lot of mechanisms. Um, what I would say is no lawyer can absolutely protect again, a seller against every possible eventuality, uh, sorry, a buyer against every possible eventuality. There is always going to be a degree of risk in buying businesses, but the point is to minimise that risk. We've seen the impact that COVID's had so far. Unfortunately, we're all well aware that, that there's still much more to come and, and it's very hard for us to know. But how has COVID changed the market for mergers and acquisitions so far? The market's actually been quite buoyant. Um, there's still been an awful lot of transactions going on, potentially for different reasons, though. Um, you know, There are some businesses, unfortunately, that have been in a distressed state and, and, a state and they've had to sell. They've wanted to sell or they've just not had the motivation to potentially rebuild a business post-COVID. Um, so there can be motivations for the seller to want to leave. Another factor, of course, however, is finance and, and money generally is quite cheap compared to historical rates of interest and what have you. Actually, for people to get hold of money to fund the purchase, now is potentially not a bad time to do that. So, so we're seeing sort of almost a perfect storm of, of, of a situation where actually money's cheap and you potentially have got motivated sellers. Um, in certain sectors for, as well, you know, if, if maybe you've got, a, I don't know, a pub or something with, with, with physical land, there is a demand for housing, there's a demand for, for property development. We are seeing businesses being snapped up, not with necessarily an intention for them to be run as a business, but actually they want the physical land or property to, to redevelop that into flats or, or property. So there's lots of factors in, in play, um, but the market is active. Um uh, and and so it, it isn't necessarily a time a bad time to sell because there is actually potentially a number of buyers out there for for for, for the business. Um, as I said, in certain sectors, um, finances may be a little bit more complicated. Um, you know because there's maybe a reduced appetite because money's being allocated elsewhere. But more often than not, a deal can can be done. It, you know if you've got the parties you know wanting to work towards that that um, that goal, even if we've got to be quite creative as to how that's structured. So so it's it's an active market, and I think that's probably going to stay um, in place for for the foreseeable future. As I said, particularly if there are business owners who may have struggled because of COVID and, and, and need to get out, so I think that that's a, that, that is a, a factor. So given that it seems to be relatively buoyant, at least, uh, certainly that there are opportunities there for both buyers and sellers, if you were to summarise top kind of tips for selling, what would they be? So for, for a seller in an ideal world, you need to start preparing early. Um, as a general rule of thumb, um, businesses who or business owners who sell because they need to uh, without necessarily planning um, for that eventuality will probably get less than what their business is worth. Whereas if actually you spend that time, spend a couple of years of ironing out the issues, improving profitability, removing the owner, taking a step back from the business, you know, businesses that sell uh, for more are businesses that can run without 
business owner being involved, and it's kind of like it's 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 the summer holiday test. Um, you know, if a business owner is is away from the business for two weeks, how does that business run? If it, if it runs without any issue, that's a great position to be in. Whereas actually, if the business owner is on email and phone every day, going, "I need to deal with this, need to deal with that," a buyer is going to see that as a problem because actually, how do you extract that business owner out of the business without causing an issue? And so, business owners are thinking about retirement or selling or whatever need to try and extract themselves from day-to-day operations in the business if they want to get more money out of it. Um, but also, you know, iron out your property issues, iron out your, your employment issues, get your fundamentals right. If you can get clients on longer-term contracts, do so. You'll get more money for your business. And if you've got any particular intellectual property, so maybe a brand or, or a particular design or, or maybe some technology, think about whether you want to apply to, to register as a trademark or register as a patent. It, it can be worth spending the money on it. And for buyers? So I think top tips for, for buyers, first and foremost, surround yourself with good professionals. Um, you know, you, you get your, your your team of trusted advisors, your, your accountant, your lawyer, your business advisor, your finance broker. You know, these these are going to add layers of advice and expertise that you probably don't have yourself. Consider what your payment structure is going to be like. Um, do you need to buy pay for everything upfront? Is is there benefit? And there probably is benefit in staging the payments. You know, to give you some protection around that. And what security have you have you got actually if things go wrong? You know, is there a, a, a tangible asset base actually if, if things maybe don't work out where where you um, want them to be? But fundamentally, that the key is is a thorough due diligence process. You really get to know that business and what you know what are the issues if there are any. Um, you know, who are the clients? You know, have they got bad debtors, for instance? Have they got issues with finance? And it's not just you know, a headline profit figure, you know, you know, accounts can be presented in such a way where a business looks profitable, but actually has it got cash in the business? Is it a good working capital? These are factors that need a bit more thought than maybe just a headline view. So I think surround yourself with the right people um, and they'll, they'll, you, you shouldn't go wrong around that. Thank you very much. And if you want to find out any more about potentially buying or selling, You'll be able to find more advice at eisenharrison.co.uk.